Hi, it's Denise. And Diane. And it's Women Beyond a Certain Age. We're having a guest today, and we're so excited because, well, he's my boyfriend. <laughs> Jealous. And, okay, there's a, there, we don't want this to get ugly on the <laughs> air, as we say. But today, our friend Ragavan is going to be our guest. If you don't know Ragavan, he is a cookbook author, a consultant, a culinary teacher. He has won a James Beard Award. He's won an Emmy, and probably even more that I don't know about. But he's just, without a doubt, an authority on Indian food. He's an amazing guy, and we're so lucky, so we're going to Skype with him today. I'm excited. I know. It's too exciting. And Diane, I'm going to ask him about, because yeah. he's, got, he's got a pizza place that he consulted with. I want to find out what kind of dough they're using and how they make pizza using a clay oven. Sounds kind of cool. It's called Pizza Karma, and that is in, in, in Minneapolis. Minneapolis, where... Minneapolis. What did I call it? Minneapolis. Mm, that know, was an extra. Mini you know, <laughs> sometimes, some of you know that, listen, I just like to add a couple of extra letters. I guess I'm getting paid by the pronunciation of how long it takes. But yes, Minneapolis. Is that right? That's correct. Oh, see, I can learn. So he lives in Minneapolis. He did come here as a young man from, was it Mumbai? I thought that's what he said. Yes, I'm pretty sure it was from Mumbai. It's in his And he was going to school. Michigan State. Michigan State, getting yeah. a degree in uh, restaurant management and hospitality. His cookbooks are really, they're classic because then they're legendary. So we're so grateful he's our guest today. And the it, thing about him, I, yes. have, I have yet to meet him, but he's on my committee in New York with the James Beard Foundation, and we've had a number of phone calls. And I can tell exactly who he is by his voice. He has like a personality. So I think you're going to really, I can't wait. He's a darling. will enjoy it. Yeah. He's an absolute darling. Now, we are going to give you Ragavan's website, some of the book titles that he's written. So if you want to go to Amazon and look at them. If you don't know anything about Indian cuisine, this is the way to learn. I can yeah, tell you that. It's a great it's a great suggestion. It's just it's I'm and, so into Indian food. Of oh, course. So delicious. So that's what our show is like today. Hope you enjoy it. We're gonna start and I wanted to start and ask you mm-hmm. can you tell us how did you get into cooking to begin with? Well, it was one of those um, situations where when I came to this country 36 years ago, um, I came not knowing how to cook. And so, uh, you know, being the youngest male child of a large family, I thought, ah, you know, I'll be just fine. And of course, when I got here, it was like one of those sick or swim syndromes. So (laughs) yeah, (laughs) it's like, well, you know, maybe my mother and my sister were right. (laughs) So that's when I started learning how to cook, and um, I am self-taught, chatting with my mother and sister over the years. That time it was via letters, the old-fashioned way, and um, uh, that's how I, I started experimenting. And so one thing led to the other, and I got a little better each time, and um, so I started cooking when I was 21. Did you cook with anybody that kind of was your mentor or you just did it all on your own or it was pretty much me you know I mean the advantage I had was I had a degree from chemistry back in Bombay so oh well that's kind of important yeah so when I came here which was for a hotel restaurant management degree I went to Michigan State but um, I see you know 
Yeah, so I felt like I had sort of the kitchen became the laboratory. And so I started playing around with spices and herbs and flavors. And over the years, you know, the my meals got more palatable. The first ones were just abominable. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> it... Uh, so, somewhere. Yeah, you do, you know. And so... Um, so I've always said I learned to cook the Indian way in a foreign land. And um, so I understand the challenges. Yeah, but Raghavan, how far, fabulous. So when you went to markets, I certainly know um, 30 years ago, you mm. had to have been searching for certain ingredients. I mean, I was searching even for something as mundane as cilantro. Yes. But, um, and so um, to be honest with you, the first product that I ever ran across the first time ever in my life at that time was this little container called Durkee's Curry Powder. <laughs> oh, my God. Durkee's Curry Powder. Yes. So I thought, hmm, maybe this is my panacea. So, of course, you know, it was an utter failure. And uh, <laughs> well, uh, the only things I, I could recognize as well, you know, were familiar ingredients like potatoes and onions and tomatoes and so I you know those were like okay that's that's a start and so that sort of became my building ground and then um, and then eventually you know things over the years got better and better and so did the availability of ingredients of course now when you started teaching cooking classes uh -huh. I when was that I started teaching actually, uh, I would say around 91, 92, probably okay. 91, was yeah. Was that while you were studying? Uh, no, I had finished and I had uh, I gotten my second degree from Michigan State, which was the hotel restaurant management degree. And then uh, I worked in restaurants, in Indian restaurants for a while. And so, um, and that, you know, I got burnt out and I left that uh, aspect of my career and uh, I thought you know I loved teaching I used to teach French when I was back in India so I spoke French fluently at that time and so I thought how about looking at teaching cooking you know and nobody was doing it at that time nobody and was doing it then I look at the explosion of Indian food now in the last two or three years uh -huh. but you were out there in 91 other than Madhur Jaffrey there couldn't have been anyone else that was teaching Indian cooking classes it had to be you and her right well locally that was it was just me at that time and you yeah. know I mean, there were, Julie Sani was there as well in New York, right. you know, and Mother has been a very dear friend of mine for a long time. And so her books certainly were helpful in, in shaping my mind and my kitchen. So um, I, I learned a lot from her and um, I've always um, been grateful for that influence. So it was, um, it was something unusual. It was unusual for a man to do it. It was unusual for somebody of Indian descent. There weren't many, and so locally, um, uh, it was just me, and so I thought, you know, that was an advantage in a way. And this was in Minneapolis? This was in Minneapolis, yes, okay. and um, and so um, eventually, you know, it, it um, took on a life of its own, and I, uh, when I was teaching at that time, you know, I started teaching in, you know, things like community ed programs and so on, and I used to do about 35 classes every three months, and so, Whoa. yeah, and so wow. I figured, well, you know, let's hammer with quantity first, and then... Um, <laughs> 
it, <laughs> and then eventually, you know, I started getting noticed, and uh, I got opportunities to then get into, you know, good cooking schools, and they would call, and then of course one thing led to the other, and so um, that was the start of my um, my teaching and writing career, actually. How did you get your first book deal? I remember years ago. Um, at the IECP conference, we were at some program and then, you know, we were supposed to introduce ourselves and they said, you know, tell us something about you that would make us sort of take notice. And the first words I uttered out of my mouth was, I said, well, I'm the new face of Betty Crocker. <laughs> and uh, because at that time I had gotten a contract to do um, a cookbook for General Mills and it was Betty Crocker's Indian Home Cooking. Oh, uh, oh, yeah, oh. this was way back in, uh, the book came out in 2001, and so uh, a very unusual book for General Mills, and, really? um, of course. and they really, really were way ahead of their times. And I was going to say, that's visionary that they were thinking that, do you know what yeah, I mean? Very much so, and I actually, I had approached, uh, I knew some of the um, editors there at General Mills at that time, and I ran into one of them, and I said, gee, do you think Betty is ready for Indian? <laughs> <laughs> and she said, well, why don't you set us a proposal? And so um, my agent at that time was, um, and it still is, is Jane Distel, and uh, so I sent it through her, and I had to do a presentation to the publishers uh, at that time they were Macmillan publishing and they had come in into town for a meeting and so I did a, um, a luncheon presentation and they were blown away and so um, and they immediately signed me on and so that was the start of my writing career so and, and in the presentation did you feed them Yes, I, yes I, of course was, you did. It was a multi-regional menu and foods that, you know, and these were, I thought, oh, you know, jaded New Yorkers and they're not going to, um, you know, everything is going to be sort of, yeah, whatever. But um, they were blown away because these were foods that they never had been exposed to. And, so, and then the that was a great way to get a book deal. Yes, it was. How smart of you, Ragman, how smart of you. Now, I, I met you when you had just won Teacher Excellent, one of the ICPL Excellence Awards. Yeah. And I'd met you because Linda Carucci, who had yes. also won the award, yeah. was my roommate. Ah, yes, there you so go. that's how I met you. But I remember... And it was I, love at first sight, remember? Yes, it was. Well, <laughs> I, I'm trying to not... Diane can be very jealous, Greg, upon that. That's all I want to say. I have to be extremely careful because sometimes the princess gets jealous. Yes. Now, of all your books, though, this is from, and you can, you don't, you tell me, what's uh -huh. your favorite book? Because I have many of your books, and we will also put up Ragavan so people that are listening are going to be able to see the covers. So if they go to Amazon, they can find uh -huh. them. What's your favorite book of all that you've you written or uh, do you have a favorite well it's like sophie's choice you know it's like yeah. gee who are you going to pick your son or your daughter you know and yeah. so um i feel like they were all different and they all had a particular purpose i mean one of my mad tell us about the books yeah the first yeah. was the betty crocker uh, indian home cooking which in a way is you know i've always said it's my firstborn so there's a special yes place yes. for that. Then I did a book called uh, The Turmeric Trail, which was very personal, which was a collection of memories in the form of a cookbook. And that was, uh, 
Yeah, and that was a James Beard finalist for Best International. Um, then I did a book which was sort of my magnum opus, and I felt like, you know, it, it truly is one of my most successful books uh, to date. And, and there was a book called 660 Curries. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a classic. It's a classic book. And I know because I'm, I go to Amazon and check book ratings and look at things, you know, and it's just interesting to see what's in the market. But that book has seems to have not lost a beat in the 10 years that it's been out. I mean, that's extraordinary. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, you know, I, few years ago, Publishers Weekly had done a big story about what makes cookbooks classic. And so, they had mentioned, you know, a whole lit- litany of things, and they said, in our minds, the top five cookbooks that sort of are deemed modern classics, and so I, mine was one of them listed, which I thought was I agree. Very Congratulations. That's I agree. a big, big deal. That Thank is you. a big deal. Thanks That's a so. very big deal. I would love you to tell people that are listening, the ladies and gentlemen that are listening, mm-hmm. Your talk on spicy versus heat versus hot versus what people say and it's wrong. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, you know, how it's a pet peeve of mine. I know it. It's like everybody says, oh, is it spicy? I don't like spicy. I like it medium spicy. And and I always very politely say spicy to us is a world of spices and 99.9% of the spices we use are flavors and aromatics. Uh, and um, what they they really mean is, are, is uh, I don't like hot. And That's to right. me, um, hot is when you're describing foods, um, it's the taste element, you know, spicy is not a taste element. Um, so I feel... Um, Hot is very personal. I mean, some people can find the same dish hot or somebody can find it is pitifully bland in terms of heat level. Uh, So I make the distinction that spice is all about flavors. It's all about aromatics. It's all about vibrancy or subtlety for that matter. And so once in a while, if I feel sort of crappy mood and if I go to a restaurant and they say, how spicy would you like your food? And (laughs) (laughs) And I always say, if I ask for medium, are you going to add less spices? And they go, oh, um, well, we meant hot. Then say hot, please, because it is about that's really what the question is. And so. Nowadays, you know, I I try to be a little bit more polite. And when they say, how spicy would you like it? And I always say, I'd like it medium hot. I, I try to subtly educate them or not sometimes. And uh, uh, so to me, it is a different. If somebody says it's hot and spicy, it's like, yeah, I get it. And so um, is, is, does, do foods normally have to be spicy? I hope so, because it's all about flavors. And so if it's hot, does it have to be hot? No, I mean, that's a very personal taste component. So so that to me is my biggest differentiation between uh, hot and spicy. I have a question for you. Uh-huh. you what do you describe as an aromatic versus a spice? Or well, are they all aromatics? Well, spices do play double roles in many ways. Think about, and I talk about this extensively in the Curry's book or some of my other books as well. To me, flavor equals taste plus aroma. And so when you think about the taste component of an equation, you know, you look at the seven taste elements, hot, sour, sweet, salty, bitter, astringent, umami. And then you look at the aromatic component of that equation. And so here's an example. When you hold your nose and you eat something, you can't taste anything. So the role of the aroma is a big factor in helping you process the world of flavors. And so... um, 
Some spices, you know, when you are, for instance, uh, heating oil and you're adding cumin seeds to that, the cumin seeds, they provide an, an essential taste element. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, But also the aroma that comes out of it, you know. And so when you're eating something and you're smelling the spices and you're eating the dish, you're getting a whole complete experience altogether. So... So to me, that's really the role of aromatics. Uh, some, some spices don't necessarily have a lot of aroma, but they do have some distinct flavors, and some are highly aromatic. You know, when you think about things like cinnamon and cloves and cardamom and so on. So Yes, yes. So some that, are less, less so, but, yes. but that, that's a very interesting distinction. Mm -hmm. And also, just when you're paying attention to when you're – experiencing a meal and to kind of take a moment to think about that Absolutely. is it, it really increases the enjoyment of the of the experience it really does and it is about you know maybe i'm a geek and maybe i like to analyze things more so than ever but, but i know i think it's it just is it's like people it's how your mind works though right and also yeah, it's, it's, it's you're it's, a chemist it's a, yeah he's a, Not a serial killer but a chemist <laughs> That's good. We like the fact that you're not into serial killing. Uh, it's so hard to put that on your resume. <laughs> but I'm going to tell Depending you this. who you're going when to. When you speak, right, and that's when I love it. When I've come to hear you speak, there was a one, once at, you know, ICP. Uh -huh. If people don't know what we're talking about, it's the International Association of Culinary Professionals. Years ago, Raghavan and Nathan Fong did mm -hmm. a presentation on because Nathan's a Chinese food expert. Some of it had to be edited out, it's true, because <laughs> they're more fun than the law allows, as my mother would have said. They were talking about, you know, eating around the history of the tables. But, Raghavan, when you talk about it, I know that you're, you're a chemist. You're working on flavors and the profiles and how they go together. For you, it's second nature, but so many people, which is why I think your cookbooks have been so successful, I'm looking at, which I brought to Diane's today, smashed, mashed, boiled, and baked. Yes. Because this is one of my, it's about potatoes, if people don't know. <laughs> it's, it's a celebration of potatoes and 75 irresistible recipes. But I have to tell you, potatoes are one of my favorite foods. So when you came out with this book, and I came the day to your book signing, yes. I, yeah. I told Diane about it. I've made several of the recipes out of it right now because they're, it's their flavor profiles are fantastic. Okay. And see, my husband doesn't like heat. Ah. He likes flavor. Mm -hmm. So that's why your recipes work for me. Yep, you're, you're right on. And I think I, that it makes uh, a huge difference. Makes it does. Difference. It I'm really having so much fun looking through your it's book. It's a beautiful book. Right now. And I'm laughing to myself because there's not one potato recipe in there. I wrote a potato book for William oh, Sonoma. Oh, that's right. Many oh, years ago. Yeah. yeah. And not one of them. This is so original. This is very this original. Is really for potato lovers, I say go to Amazon and smash, mash, boiled, and banked. It yeah. Will, you know, now, the oh answer my God. is this. Ryan, are you working on a new cookbook or do you have an idea for a new cookbook? Well, I do. Um, um, I'm actually, um, you know, the last three books I've done have been with Workman Publishing. Yeah. I adore them and we have a great relationship. So, um, uh, there's an idea that I have pitched and they have loved it. So I'm waiting to hear back from them 
probably any day now. And so um, if everything goes well, I will. You'll yeah, sign a contract. I, now, yes. have to talk to us about yeah. your consulting job with Pizza Karma and mm. how you begin. Well, let's back up. How did the consulting come out of your teaching and your books? Yes. It was a natural progression, but tell us how you manage that. Yeah, because to me, you know, I, I think about what I do and, you know, people say, oh, Raghavan is a brand. Actually, I'm the personality behind my brand, which is education. Yes. So everything that I do ties in with education, whether I'm teaching, whether I'm doing TV shows, whether I am um, writing books, these are all vehicles to educate somebody. And so I feel like even the consulting that I do. One of my biggest clients is um, a company called Bon Appetit Management Company. And so yes. um, and so I've been training their chefs for the last 17, 18 years and working with uh, flavors. And um, in fact, um, I've got um, some training coming up, coming up for them at the Google headquarters um, nice. in a couple of weeks. So, you know, so I feel like that's that was that's been a big part of my uh, consulting career but i also consult on um you know for them as well i opened some indian concepts for them around the country i i opened one a few years ago at case western reserve in cleveland oh, uh, sure. which is uh, open to the public and it's it's quite successful and uh, i just opened, yeah and i opened another one for them actually last year at their mit uh, campus in boston and so um, I do a fair amount of, of, of menu planning and, and training and consulting because I have the background of not yes. only writing for the consumer market, but I also have the background in working in commercial restaurants and kitchens because, as you both know, that's a very different language altogether. Very different. Yeah. And, uh, so I feel like, yeah, so I feel, uh, you know, I, I get both worlds very well. So it's easy for me to sort of um, go back and forth and yes. um, uh, and so you know restaurant consulting has always been a part of my portfolio as well and uh, about a couple of years ago somebody had approached me to help them with some sauces with an Indian flavor at that time um, to add on to their um, sauces for instance and I thought about it and I said well I said let me pitch you an idea that's a little bit more different uh, that nobody has done this in the country. And so uh, a good pizza place is defined by the style of cooking the pizzas, whether they are uh, oven-fired, whether they yeah. are uh, wood-fired or coal-fired. And so this is the first restaurant, um, actually, that showcases the beauty of working with clay ovens. Uh, and so these are clay oven-fired pizzas. And uh, because, you know, oftentimes people hear the word tandoor, which is a clay yeah. oven, they assume it's Indian and they look at me and they think, oh, you're Indian. That's all you know how to do. And it's sort of the same thing I <laughs> I, I sort of dealt with when I worked, did a book on potatoes and reporters would say, oh, we love potato, Indian potato recipes. And I said, I said, you'd be sorely disappointed because the book has only two Indian recipes in it. Um, it it's, the it's the global nature of the potato. And so That's it's exactly right. Yep, and it's the global nature of, of pizzas. And so when you think about that style of cooking in open fires and in, in clay-lined uh, ovens, uh, that style of cooking is in actually 80% of the world. 
There you go. People forget that. They don't they don't realize that. Oh, and so when you put it in that context, so nowhere I mention it's an Indian restaurant because it's not. It's a pizza yep. restaurant. And but it but it showcases the beauty of working in clay um, ovens and it's also the beauty of working with global flavors and so that's what I bring into that mix and so that's that's what pizza karma is about and so what kind uh, of uh, pizza bread are you using are you using naan uh, I am using a, a bread that is actually uh, it's it's you know I mean again when you say naan people assume that's only Indian so um, the bread that I use is a bread that is done in the clay oven so the style of cooking pizza is at Pizza Karma is a double cooking method. And so right. it's it's partly cooked in the clay oven in the I inner see. walls. And so as you know, when you slap a, a, a piece of dough into the inner walls, it sticks there. And then think about it as a pizza oven turned upside down. And so so when you, when you peel it off from the walls, it's about halfway cooked. And then you top it off with all of these mm. ornucopia of, you know, sauces from different parts of the world people can choose and ingredients. And, and it, obviously my signature is about working with spices and herbs from all parts of the yes. world. And so the toppings are flavored differently and so are the sauces and so are our cheeses. And so you pile your, your partly baked crust and then you run it through. Um, a conveyor pizza oven and then you finish the cooking so that maintains the integrity of the crust as well yeah. and so you get this beautiful crispy exterior but a very very tender interior and so pizza crusts are not your conventional yeast based you know it's actually a baking powder based crust um, mm, that's interesting yeah and so it it, it is um, it's quick it's fresh but you get amazing um, results from that because as you know a good pizza is all about the quality of the dough which really is about the amount of hydration in there uh, and it's also about the protein content of the of the wheat that you're using and then of course the quality of the sauces and the ingredients I mean that really is what yeah what makes a good pizza stand out this is the chemist in you. Just See, set this I have to, Diane, stop crowding me. Now I have to tell you, she's trying to horn in, right? But I knew this would happen. Uh, I love it when you talk science to me. Yeah. Well, here is what I, this is what I have a question, and thank you for that, because Diane kept saying, well, how does he make his crust? And then So now you've answered our questions. It's fantastic. Here's my question. Yeah. Why do you think Indian food is having such a moment? And it has been for a, a year or two now. Yes. My theory is everybody travels more now. Do you know yes. what I mean? Yes. And obviously the internet has made a difference. It, it, but you opening restaurants for Bon Appetit Management, which is a huge company, and them being successful. Mm -hmm. um, what's your opinion on why all of a sudden Indian food is so important it's so spicy. <laughs> Why is it so important in our in our culture today? Everywhere. I, yeah, and I think, you know, and if you think about American culture, it's all about the way things get popular is they take something out of isolation and they hang on to it and they blow it out of proportion and then boom, it's yeah. all over the place. And the yeah. example being yoga, you know, yoga is now, oh, it's just, you know, everything. And if you want to watch a funny video about yoga, you should watch it. it says, if Gandhi were alive, how would he respond to yoga? Anyway, it's hilarious. It's a oh, yeah. 
but um, same thing when it comes to, and I hate to use the word Americanized because, you know, America is a potpourri of cultures from all over the world. And so, but for Americans um, in this country to to understand and hang on to something new and unique in a way, even though Indian cooking has been around for 6,000 years, it's yeah. finally coming to fruition. And I think it's because an ingredient is sort of highlighted and that becomes sort of like the iconic representation of a cuisine. You know, they, they say garam masala and it's, oh, it's Indian cooking. Garam masala is a very small part of regional Indian cooking. You know, they say ghee and now they talk about naans and tandoori chicken and so you know so some of those sort of took foothold and now i've always said a, a cuisine to start taking foothold and being recognized more is when people start talking about regional cooking for a particular country then you know that it's starting to become more mainstream and you we've seen that with italian cooking you know yeah, i mean yeah. everything before years ago was you know southern italian red sauces and that's about it you know and so now you're yeah. starting to see you know now, of course now it's mainstream you know the flavors of of emilia romagna you know what lynn rosetta casper did that's so beautifully well so i feel like the regionality of a cuisine determines its sort of foothold in the American marketplace. And um, it is not, that's the case with Indian food. I mean, it is like you mentioned, Denise, the combination of everything that has transpired over the years, the um, increased number of immigration uh, from India and um, also uh, the internet, of course. But, uh, you know, and a lot of the immigrants that came to this country who um, opened Indian restaurants, they were primarily were from a small part of Northwestern India. So that's the kind of restaurants that they opened. Yeah, and yeah. I've always felt, you know, there's like a, a gnome sitting under a tree somewhere stamping cookie cutter <laughs> menus out. And, you know, you've got the same four soy right. sauces and you've got tandoori chicken and on. And that typifies Indian cooking. But it's such a myopic representation of India. So but I've always felt it's an important piece of what they do because it at least exposes you to something from there. And I think once you sort of get hooked into the flavors and all of that, then you start getting into, oh, maybe I should get a cookbook or maybe I should try doing something at home. And then that's how the interest, it's your old uh, marketing principle, the AIDA concept, you know, you create awareness, then interest and desire and then action. So I think with um, with with the cuisine, that's exactly what, what needs to happen. And I think it's finally getting there with um, with Indian food. I think that is perfect, Ragavan. I agree. I also think that young people that are looking for more vegetarian dishes or yes. less meat-based, and mm -hmm. and I think you're right. I think yoga plays into it. I think that people's <laughs> no, they do. I think that it. Yeah. You know, I think the whole idea is kind of phenomenal. It's it's people mm. are trying. We're always searching for something, aren't we? Yeah, and I think, you know, one of the other things is this is also a cuisine that has historically and still continues to be a cuisine that is rich with plant-based foods. Yes, that's um, exactly right. You know, and that's a big deal right now. It's a big deal. You know, every, yeah, if somebody says the word plant forward, I'm going to shoot them, but... <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, like this is the problem with America. Well, Everything just, just gets well, in excess. We, you know, because we exaggerate things. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> we get so excited about a new idea. I know yeah. because we do. Yeah. Now, do you have another question for Raghavan, Miss Diane? Otherwise, I was going to thank him. That last thing was so perfect that he said, I, I, yeah. I hate to spoil it. Yeah, no, I <laughs> I feel more educated than before this, this uh, podcast. I learned a lot from you, and I look forward to chatting with you more. Yes. Uh, Ragman and I are on the James Beard Foundation Broadcast Media Committee. So we were going to have some fun. Um, let's get real. They both won a James Beard Award. Oh, yeah. We won a James Beard Award. <laughs> okay. We're very fancy. Now, let me tell you something. I knew that was going to come out. Okay. <laughs> I knew we were going to have to touch on that. I, for, I always forget about the awards because I'm so into the current with the. She is. With the, She's um, an excellent judge. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> As are you. I know I am. Yeah, you are. I'm not supposed job. to tell anyone, though. Oh. Yeah. Right, thank you for taking the time for us today. Oh, my pleasure. Great. It's so too, nice of you. Thank you. And Miss and Cindy will tell you when it comes up or when it's going to be on. And we'll probably, we what we'll do also is give away, well, at, when it's time to put you up there on mm -hmm. the podcast, we will also give away one of your books so people then... It, it, yes, there's a. It's crazy. It's crazy what people will do to get the book up. <laughs> Cindy wants you to know that I'm. This is all getting cut out at the end. But anyway, that's what we'll do. We'll market it, and we thank you. And then we're going to um, give away a book at the same time. So thank you so much. Well, thank you both. Thank you all of you for such a wonderful conversation. And I will see you in person very quickly. Thank you, Ragavan. Thank, thank you. you. I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Well, was that fun or what? Oh I think God. so. That was fabulous. And Diane, did you learn enough about the crust? I, I can't believe they put it against the wall of the clay oven. I learned a lot. I, I really too. did. And uh, please, I want to like him to give us a private class. I know. I think all we I have to do. I think I'm going to make him do it when I see him in New York. I think that's a great <laughs> idea. And I loved his state that about 80% of the world cooks in clay ovens. Is that what he said? Something extraordinary yeah. like that. So yeah. we always have a lot to learn. Well, if you want to contact us, you need to go to our Facebook page, Women Beyond a Certain Age. And then it's womenbeyond at iCloud.com is how you uh, contact us if you have questions or if you want to tell us anything. What else? I think that's it, girls. I think that's it for the day. Thank you, Miss Diane. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you, ladies. Bye-bye.